I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Today, we have Joey Albritton on the pod, and he is one of the two members of Rehab CEOs, along with Robbie Wolkers. And uh, I've known Joey for several years now. He'll have to remind me how long. And what they're doing now is uh, certainly unique in physical therapy and helping practices grow and open new locations and expand. And uh, today, we're going to talk about marketing and sales and two topics that I think... Well, first of all, we don't learn them in physical therapy school. And two topics that are you know near and dear to my heart and, and kind of like my areas of expertise or at least competence, and then you know outsource the other things like billing or, or whatever and revenue cycle management. So anyway, um, Joey, welcome on the pod. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been six years since we like first met. It was back when I was still even considering PT school and I was learning just all kinds of stuff. And I, I think I built the uh, Cash PT Mastermind course on ClickFunnels. That was like what I was doing back then. So it, it's been a, a very long time since we kind of hit all that. But yeah, it's it's been a, a long ride and we're doing a lot of stuff with clinics. So marketing and sales is definitely my thing. I, billing, I, I don't love it, but there's a lot of money to be made with billing too if someone's doing it the right way. So I'm not anti-billing. <laughs> Right. So yeah, you helped us build out like what we call the vault. And it was basically like audio files and video files of like our trainings. We had like a Facebook group. This was, I think Facebook groups were still kind of popular back then, but definitely not like it is now. Um, And and we had a whole bunch of like weekly trainings over a year or two or longer. And then you kind of helped categorize them and and kind of put them in like a course format that was kind of, I don't remember if it was like searchable or, or whatever, but yeah, you helped us a ton with that. So now tell me a little bit about what you're doing with Robbie who you guys help, why you're doing that. I mean, obviously, we're going to go into the marketing and sales and kind of talk about almost like a no pitch, like free training. We're talking about how we can help practice owners on this call, but a little bit of a background of what you guys are doing specifically. Yeah. So for us, I had my own business where I just helped marketing and sales for physical therapy clinics for about five years prior to Robbie and I. And so I did mainly digital marketing stuff like Facebook ads, Google website, SEO, all of those things. And then Robbie, he had his three clinics and then he was coaching for several years with Next Level Physical Therapy. And then he branched off. And so he started doing coaching on his own and he was technically rehab CEOs at that time. And so we actually were on a podcast and met up. And at that point, we realized like all his guys who he's doing business coaching for, they needed marketing and all my marketing guys needed business coaching. And so 14 months ago or so, 15, somewhere around there, we merged because we we're like, hey, this this actually seems like it could work. And so now we originally kind of started like with the bigger guys because that's really what he was used to working with, like guys that are like pretty much minimum like four FTEs or bigger, all the way up to like multiple clinics and stuff like that. And so that was really his main focus to start with. And then from there, we we're like, well, there's not really anybody getting anybody from like true like startup to someone out of treatment actually being able to really get into like the bigger things. And so that's where like a lot of our focus was for about like a good six months of him just doing nothing but building that out while still doing coaching of the big guys. And so now we really range from literally like startup, just got your LLC pretty much all the way to guys doing multi clinics, trying to sell them, trying to automate them, doing the full big route there. And so that's like systems, hiring, training, Facebook ads, everything pretty much the works. So there's a lot that we do and the broad, it's a pretty broad range. And so. There's some people that are like diehard insurance or some people that are diehard for cash. We don't really care. It's just what does the actual owner want and we can make it work. And so I'm not going to like die on the sword for cash. I'm not going to die on the sword for insurance because we can, we can make it all work. And I think that that's really what matters the most is what makes sense for the business in that area. Because I think that's something that's lost a lot is like blanket recommendations for everybody based on someone else's like predetermined thing that works best for them. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about marketing and sales. Sales being basically the conversation, I think, really on the phone, or you could argue like some of the words on the website and then the ad and then 
how they, you know, the interaction with the prospective patient on the first phone call, whether that's your front desk or admin person, or if you're solo, it's you, the therapist talking to the potential patient. I think you and I have talked before, but like basically my mobile practice here, concierge pain relief in, in the city, in New York City, basically, if I didn't have Google ads, I don't know what I would have done. It basically built my business, which is insane to think about like some tech company and, you know, this search algorithm and, you know, this bidding system or whatever. Shout out to Ron Miller, actually, because he had had a a guy named Eric, and he originally set up my Google ads and then managed them month over month for a couple of years, probably from like 2019, 2020, maybe even in 2021. At some point, he was just like busy and doing a, another full-time job. And he was just like, hey, your Google ads account, it's good. He called it a well-oiled machine. He's like, it's a well-oiled machine. You could tweak this, tweak that, but like, I'm out. Like, you could figure it out or you you could keep running it or whatever. And so really all I do is I'll just dial it up or down. And I don't really change much. I I have changed like the, the locations of like targeting and certain zip codes are not based on which therapists I have and which areas that they're covering or whatever. But in terms of marketing, Google has basically built my practice and it's uh, word of mouth is great and it's vital. It's needed, but it's not as measurable or predictable when you actually kind of need to turn the faucet on. So in terms of marketing, what are you saying, whether it's Google ads, like you said, everyone's different. Facebook ads, for whatever reason, haven't worked. I've tried a couple of different folks. They just apparently don't work in New York City. I don't know if New Yorkers are skeptical or (laughs) our ideal clientele that are going to pay a lot of money for home visits are potentially not on Facebook or don't trust ads on Facebook. I don't know what it is. And I know Facebook ads work in other places. So what are you seeing right now in 2023 that maybe moves the needle not for every practice owner, but you know, it has a good approach of moving the needle for practice owners growing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. I will tell you in New York, it can work, but New York is one of the harder areas because y'all are so like have these big pockets of like densely populated good and bad areas. And so if we don't do things right, like it can really hone in on some, some rough areas. And so you have to definitely filter a little bit more in New York. It is like probably one of the only like places that is kind of a very unique place. Like everyone always tells me like, oh, my place is unique, but like usually it's actually not. New York, we actually do run our ads differently in New York than we do in other places, which is kind of weird. Um, as far as like what I think is the go-to marketing thing to move the needle, it's going to depend on the actual size of the business and how long they've been in business. And so when someone starts out, they don't have all these referral sources. They don't have all of that big equity in their list. They don't have all of those things. And so for startups, pretty much all the way until they at least have about owner and two FTEs, Facebook ads is going to be the primary source because... I can't force someone to give a referral. I can't force someone to search physical therapy near me. And so the only thing that really that leaves you is doing like in-person marketing and workshops, which that still takes some time, or you've got Facebook ads, or you've got postcards. And depending on your audience, like postcards may not always work, especially if we're going like active gym, gym goers and stuff like that. They're not super receptive to mailers. Where if we're like Medicare, you could go without a lot more. And so essentially, and when I say Facebook, it's Facebook and Instagram, you literally click one button and you're on both. And so Facebook is what we really focus on when we have like startups all the way to about two FTEs and the owner treating. Once you get bigger than that, that's when we really start hitting Google ads and SEO a lot heavier. So that way we can really make sure we get those because really we want to build a business where people actually want to come. And so when you're looking at the things of how these people are that come in, like you should be able to be around like 85% or higher conversion rate on referrals. For Google, you should be at least in the 60 to 80%. Facebook, you should be in the 20 to 25% as a minimum. I have people that are at 45, 50%, but like 20 to 25 is kind of the minimum there. But I can literally turn on Facebook ads and we get leads overnight. I can't do that with Google. And so we want to use really Facebook ads for the bigger guys for really only three locations or for three reasons. That's we have a new hire we need to fill quickly. We have seasonality slowness. So like for you, you've got a lot of people who leave the city in certain times or we've got deductibles resetting. We've got all those things if you actually know your yearly trends. Or essentially, we have a new location because we have like a full 
process of what we do when we do grand openings and everything like that. And so those are really the only three grain reasons a big clinic should be using Facebook ads. So like out of our big guys, the ones that are full, like only like 30% of them are currently on Facebook ads. It's Google ads and then SEO. Because we've already started to build more of the infrastructure of like getting referrals from their actual existing patients, how to build relationships with physicians, other businesses and stuff like that. And so a lot's just dependent on how big you are. And then all of those other things there kind of start to factor in of like, do we do Facebook ads? Do we do Google? And then some people, if they're just like, I just want to grow as fast as we possibly can, we're hitting everything. Um, but I will tell you that like the amount of lead flow you get with Facebook is going to be like tenfold what you're going to get with Google. So just make sure you have a good front office and you're not overwhelming them. Just an easy stat for anybody here to be like, can we even withstand the bandwidth? A front office should be able to manage 110 visits a week on the schedule. Once you get past about 110 visits, they're going to be missing bandwidth issues. They're going to be dropping balls, so throwing leads to call once a day for the first five days. You're going to have a hard time or you're going to have an admin that's really not happy with you. And so that's the other thing we have to factor in. And those are the things that I really didn't factor in until I partnered with Robbie was because like I was a marketer. My goal was to get you as many leads as I possibly could. I didn't like factor in like, is it actually sustainable? <laughs> um, and so like we'd have guys, I'm like, here's 200 leads. And they're like, I physically can't call 200 leads. And I'm like, interesting. So like we should filter more. So like that's the thing you have to look about too, is we want flow before friction. And so if we see that someone truly doesn't have the bandwidth to do that, that's when like for our cash guys, we can either raise prices because we know that it's going to, it's going to lower the, that, but we have better filtration or we can start asking questions on the back end. So then it's not putting too much work on the front office. So that's kind of what we're seeing. TikTok ads, don't waste your time. Don't do anything like that. TikTok in general for local businesses, you should not be doing blogs. You shouldn't be doing like most of those things are just not worth people's time. And that's really like paid ads are really going to be the main way to do it kind of across the board. But SEO is still very, very strong. It just doesn't happen overnight. Right. So just to recap, so you said around maybe on average 80% for warm word of mouth referrals, which because someone's recommending, you know, Dave or Joey or whoever, and they're kind of already like pre-sold and maybe even like, whatever the money is, just pay them. Like, you know, that's how some yeah. people refer like, it, you know, it might be a lot of money or more than it is somewhere else, but it's worth it or whatever. So that makes sense why there's a high conversion. And you were saying like Google ads may be in the, you know, 50, 60% range with conversions and then Facebook down at like 20%. And just to kind of review that. So basically Facebook, again, it's like interruption marketing, right? So you're getting in front of these people that are scrolling, they're, they're in escapism mode, they're in entertainment mode, they're looking at, you know, pictures and videos of friends and families and these meme accounts or whatever it might be, <laughs> politics, uh, sports videos, uh, ESPN, whatever. And then boom, now your, your physical therapy clinic ad shows up in front of them. So they may or may not even be in the mindset of, you know, looking to take an action, make a change, whatever. So therefore, because interruption, it's a lot lower, maybe in the 20% range. And I would say with Google ads, if someone's at 60% conversion for Google ads, I think that's incredible. Maybe I would say, I thought I would say on average, it's much lower. And maybe it depends on, do they go from the ad to look at Google reviews or, or what, like there's a difference between how warm they are. Cause the warmer they are, the more they're going to convert. So how yeah. through a Google ad would someone be as warm enough to convert on average in a 60% range? A lot will depend on how your website's built too. So there's a lot of people that focus like so much on the people that are really not solution aware. So essentially solution aware means like they know they need physical therapy they're just trying to find the physical therapist. A lot of people have so much extra stuff on like back pain and very like minor things. And people are still trying to figure out like, where are they actually like, is it my back? Is it my like, they, is it my hip? Is it this? Like, they don't even know if that's actually what's causing it or if it's even fixable, much less a physical therapy can do it. And so we actually don't hit on a lot of those things. So we found if we just have more opportunities for people to just ask simple questions, they'll be able to go through that process of actually discovering physical therapy is the right thing. So like having a chat widget on their website, having an option for someone to actually ask a question instead of someone downloading an ebook that's worthless. Cause like if I'm nine out of 10 pain, like I'm not going to go read an ebook. Like I need to figure out what I need to do. And so like, if we can focus on the ones that actually know a little bit more of what actually the solution is, 
And we have options for the ones that maybe don't necessarily know it, but they're talking to a person faster. We see that that expedites the sales cycle and you have significantly better close rate in that aspect. But the other thing is like we build authority on all of our sites. So like when we do Google ads and SEO for anybody, we don't do that on anybody else's websites anymore because we tried that and we realized that like you get a bunch of traffic, but their stuff isn't really built for conversions and building that trust faster. So like on the top of every one of our websites, we have like authority pieces of like best of awards, how many reviews they have, like all of those type things to where like the moment you get on that page, you know, you're in the right place. When someone actually submits a form, there's more reviews. We've got testimonials everywhere. And so instead of hoping someone happens to go look at your reviews, we facilitate that like almost as a requirement for the website. And then we have, we call it the authority sequence. And so that's literally like everything that won the front office needs to do from the time someone's a lead to actually coming into an eval. So that's the mix of like how they talk to people, how they should actually follow up as far as speed, what emails should be going, what should be in the emails, all of those things. And when we've just implemented that, those emails alone, we've had people literally have their, their cancellation rate drop by 50% just by adding that. And so when we start to do those, that's how we can really consistently get it into the 60 to 80%. But the thing to think about when you're talking about Facebook, the reason that's so low is like, yes, it is interruption marketing. But really, the reason the other ones are so high is because they already have so much trust. So if I see someone on Facebook, they're not willing to overlook the gaps in your sales process that everybody else was because they don't have the same level of conviction that someone pushed over to them. And so if we can start to build a business that can actually convert like with Facebook ads, Google ads and referrals and all those, those are going to be a walk in the park. Because we can literally take a stranger who's scrolling while they're on the toilet, realize they have some shoulder pain, all of a sudden they're thinking like, this is the best place I could possibly ever go to. They know exactly what I need to do. I need to come in. And so that's really the other beauty of Facebook ads. Because when you think about it, man, it's like when you're in PT school, you're trying to figure out like, hey, where's the vertebrae? You don't know where stuff is. Like, You don't know anything. You just haven't had enough reps yet. And then now, like if you're trying to do any treatment, you don't even think about it. And so the reason that a lot of front office people and a lot of people have issues is they just don't have high enough rep of actual practice. And so that is the nice thing about Facebook, because like you can only get so many people searching so many referrals. But if I turn on Facebook ads and you're just getting lead, 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 it's just a very, very fast learning curve. So then you get everything else start to really kind of go up because of it. Got it. And the landing pages, or is it landing pages that you're saying that you're using that are branded with badges and the reviews and all that, that you guys help practice owners with, and it's not a page on their actual website? We kind of do both. So we have squeeze pages, so landing pages where people go, but a lot of our stuff really pushes to the website um, because it's kind of a a multi-factor. So we used to just do only landing pages. The issue with only doing landing pages is people want to poke around. And so like we've done all of the like hot jar where you can literally map like cursor movements and all that type of stuff and everything. Robbie literally did that for two years on his clinic. And so like we see where people go. So like the second most visited page. So because first is the home page, the second most visited page is the staff page. Third most is testimonial. And so people genuinely want to build a connection and know who's the one to do it. So they just feel a little bit more comfortable. Versus like Waco Physical Therapy, I don't know them from anybody else. It's just some, someone, it's, it's a name. And so I found that our actual conversion rate, for the most part, actually is end up better if we push them to a website. There's stuff that we're always testing because some areas do actually respond better to, to actual landing pages and stuff like that. So it is a little unique based on different people. But pushing them to the website also helps with SEO. Because one of the things that Google looks at is... What kind of traffic and click-through are we actually getting from your Google My Business and from your other stuff to push there? So if we're combining Google and SEO together, which we always do Google and SEO together, we don't ever do those separately. We do those together because it's going to help your ranking on SEO. Because then eventually, once we can rank for SEO, then we don't have to pay as much to be on the top. And we can start to use that ad spend to start to kind of widen the net for other terms. And it's just ongoing feedback loop that's much faster. Versus like, I need to try to rank. Hopefully there's actually enough terms for it where Google ads will tell you exactly where you should focus. And then you can focus even more on the SEO side of it. Got it. 
Now, in, in terms of SEO, you're saying, but blogs aren't what totally helps. So I thought, I know SEO is a little bit of keywords and pages on your website, whether it's other tabs, other pages on your website, that'll say, you know, in-home physical therapy, Manhattan, yeah. or in-home physical therapy, Brooklyn, whatever. And so we have some of that stuff with SEO. How else do you define SEO other than the blog type of stuff that Tony Maritato is always doing, which is like, yeah. he'll, he'll do a blog post and a YouTube video, embed the YouTube video in the blog post. And the whole blog post and YouTube video is answering one question, like, how to sleep comfortably after a knee replacement. So like, yeah. I just was under the impression that a lot of SEO was about blogging, but you're, you're saying like, maybe not necessarily. Yes and no. So when I say blogging, I'm saying owners should not be wasting their time blogging. Oh, yeah. Owners, right, right. right. <laughs> and so blogging can help, but it's not always the big needle mover. So like we do those, but like even then, most of the time we don't have them or they're actually like front facing in the navigation menu. Like we're just doing it purely for SEO purposes. And so you can still do the blogs, but like there's press releases, there's building backlinks from other like local websites and stuff like that. There's stuff that you can do. I mean, there's a, there's an abundance of things you can do. Most people's on-page SEO is really the big thing. It's like their actual structure of their website, what it's actually telling Google doesn't tell them that's what they're wanting to rank for. So like the amount of people that don't have like physical therapy in city name as their H1, which is the main headline, which this is for like one location stuff. As we get into multiple locations, you have to build stuff out differently and stuff like that. But like most people's structure of their sites just not even the way it should be. So they have like this big, like unique, we help X do Y without blah, blah, blah. And that's their main thing. They're telling them they want the website to be ranked for. So when you search that exact term, they're ranking for it, but no one's searching that. And so there's some of those things that happen that a lot of people are missing. The way stuff is kind of interlinked to really kind of build self is not really done. And really almost the biggest one across the board that I see regardless of company that did their stuff is their mobile speed is not good. Because if you literally go to like Google page speed insights on that, when you run it, which over 50% of your traffic goes to mobile. And so when you run that little test, on that little test, your speed should be 85 or higher. And almost every single person that I, we ever come in, they're between 30 and 65. And so that hurts the user experience because like people have ADD, like they're literally clicking on it. If it takes more than half a second, they're like, what's going on? I, I can't wait for this. Despite the fact that like, yeah, five, 10 years ago, it took you 10, 10 seconds to even get onto desktop. But that's just the day we're in. And so like, we have to make sure we optimize for that because Google looks at those things because if they go to it immediately back out, they're considering that essentially a bad user experience and they don't want to keep doing that to people. And so there's a lot of factors that really go into it. And, and to be honest, I've got an entire team that does all that. I'm not the head of SEO. So like, what I told you is probably the depth that I could tell you on that. We'd have to have Brian on here to actually tell you more on that. But that's a lot of the stuff that like is very glaring kind of across the board that people just aren't doing. And then from a Google My Business, because there's the website ranking and then there's the Google My Business. The big thing that I'm seeing on Google My Business is most people just don't have enough reviews. Because like when I see people that are 5, 10, 20 years in business and like your sub 100 five-star reviews, I don't understand it. There is a lot of stats of like, if you're over 200 five-star reviews for a service-based business, typically you're going to be making 40% more revenue just by being over 200. And so people are afraid to like incentivize, have contests, do stuff like that with their staff. And then they wonder why like, oh, my staff doesn't want to ask for it. And really the only reason a staff doesn't want to ask for it is, is really for two reasons. One, they don't know how. Or two, they're afraid that they weren't good enough and they're going to be told that they weren't good enough. And so if we can conquer those things and incentivize them to actually do it, they're going to do a lot more of that. But then you need to also have fail-safes in place. Like we've got a Google review campaign that like we do typically quarterly ones that are like real big pushes. We've got someone there. Our record holder got 153 five-star reviews with one email campaign. And so you can kind of pick up all the slack of when people start to not do those. But like we've got someone down in West Chase, Florida, they got 735 star reviews. They don't have a marketing problem. Like they have 500 five star reviews than more than their biggest competitor. Like they don't have a marketing problem. They don't have a hiring problem. They don't have any of that. 
because everybody wants to go to the place that has 500 more five-star reviews because Amazon literally has trained us to not buy anything without looking at a five-star review. And so I think more people should be spending more time focusing on that. And so we do a lot of that for clinics because we just know people are people and like you train your staff and then a week later they stop doing it because they forget about it and stuff like that. And so we have things in place from like QR codes, we've got posters, like it, this This is easy. It's kind of a, a silly hack for anybody. Get a poster, put a QR code on it. So it goes to your actual Google My Business to leave a five-star review, put it in your bathroom. When people are doing their business, they've got nothing else better to do. The amount of five-star reviews you will get from that poster is absurd. But make sure you have clean bathrooms. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of five-star reviews about dirty bathrooms. <laughs> I think that that would just be table stakes. But yes, good reminder. <laughs> I have to say it because we've, we've seen it happen. <laughs> so, and, and that right there, that hack of having that maybe on the, the, the bathroom stall door that's facing the individual in the restroom, that takes basically no money. You just print out a QR code. You get the link from Google. You could just look up a YouTube video. We don't have to go into it, but you can just look up a YouTube video and like how to get that code that directs to like directly not to the yeah. not to the profile, not to the Google My Business profile where they have to scroll and then click on reviews. And but there's yeah. that direct link that puts them right into you choose the number of stars and then you write your you know your your review and then you hit post or submit or whatever. So that's a great little hack, and it's it's basically free. Yeah, there's a ton of those, man. Like if you do like that, you've got the QR codes, you actually train your staff how to do it. You have emails that go out based at certain times. Like there's there's so many of those small ones because like a lot of people are always looking for like the silver bullet. But really, it's just these very small things that we layer on top of everything. Or like the other thing that people don't realize is like when you open a new location, what we do is we'll actually send our list from our first location or a second or whichever one you have before then. We'll send an email campaign to that one, but they might live close to one of the new one. And we've had people literally open and they're like week one of opening and they've got 85 star reviews. And so like, you're already going to have such a big inherent advantage of like versus starting from scratch. Cause again, Google ads, they only work so much if I'm like, cause there's the map pack. So there's like the top three that show. And then there's usually an ad on the top. If you're paying all this money to rank, if you have zero five-star reviews when you first open your location, no one's picking you. And so that's the thing that I think people really don't realize, like why some of this stuff is so important. Because like when someone tells me Google ads don't work, and I'm like, yeah, it's probably because you have two or three people that have more five-star reviews than you. And so I'm never going to pick the one that has less five-star reviews. Unless I go to the first one, the website's awful. It's like, it's like I literally can't do it. Then you go to the second one. Because in healthcare, like, no one wants not the best outcome. And so like they may realize financially they can't afford the person that's going to give them the best outcome and then they can go to the next one. But like we don't want to give them that option. And so that's where like all the social proof and that like... And that's where like I think people think you have to hard sell everybody. But your marketing should do most of the selling on the front end to where all you're really doing is just helping them make a decision, which is really all sales is, is you're just helping them make a decision. They just don't have all the data because if they knew what you knew, they'd already be doing physical therapy. And so we just have to give them enough information to make the decision. And then we just have to be okay that like, if they work with us, cool. If they don't work with us, cool. As long as they make a decision, that's literally all that matters. And so when we divorce ourselves from the actual like outcome of like, did it work, but we control what we did along the way, that's literally all we can do. Cause like I could literally get, do this entire podcast. I'm like, this was an awesome podcast, but then Dave gets off and he's like, I hate Joey. I can't control if Dave hates me, but I can control what I did on this side of it. And so since we can actually control that, most people want control. And so we just have to focus on those things that we can. I have one other question about backlinks, but before that, um, I have a hunch with Google ads that, it's either a conversion or tracking issue with like the attribution or my hunch is that if you are running Google ads, you're spending, I don't know, a thousand a month, two, three thousand a month, whatever, whatever in terms of ad spend for Google ads. My hunch is that practice owners get more even organic leads through Google, but only when you're spending more on Google ads. And that's either some of those leads are actually coming from 
ads or they they see an ad, like the impression of the ad maybe, but then they click into Google Maps or something. But my hunch is that when you're spending on Google ads and it says you, you know, it's tracked like 15 leads or 15 calls or whatever, but that month you had 30 or 45 leads and the month before you had like no leads or five leads from Google because you cranked up your ad spend. My hunch is that Google awards, uh, they say that they don't do this. Google says that they do. And they say they don't. But if you are spending on Google ads, my hunch is that you actually get rewarded. Maybe your blogs or your other pages get pushed up higher that are organically listed. That's my hunch. Or some of these leads are actually coming through Google ads, but they're not being tracked or there's no attribution through the Google, uh, like the Google ads console or, or whatever. So any thoughts there? I think one, it's impossible for us to know this, but two, yeah, I, know, I know we're we're just we're just yeah, and and so essentially the thing that's probably not realized by most people is I already kind of alluded to this of like if we have more people going to the website, that's a positive indicator to Google that we should continue to do that. And so since we're seeing that and people actually stay on your website, they actually opt in. We do all these things. All they care about is user experience and then how can they show you another ad? That's literally all Google cares about. And so if that's the case and Google ads were running those and people are coming through, then it makes them realize that logically we should also do that for like organic ranks as well. And so then the other thing to think about is there's only so much real estate on a mobile phone. And so if they see the ad, but you're actually ranking as well, there's a lot of people that when you're running that ad, they see the little sponsored, they will never click on it. They're like, there is a percentage of people who will not click on an ad, even though they're like 99% sure it's the right link. And so you may not attribute that to a Google ad lead, but it actually could really been a Google ad lead because they saw yours first resonated, but then they just scroll down just enough to find the one that is for sure your link. And so there's some of those things, but I will tell you like almost across the board, most people's tracking is just God awful. Like most people's tracking is is not tracking the form submissions. It's not tracking phone numbers. It doesn't have it to where when we actually click on the ad, it changes the number on your website physically to a different number. Like they just don't have all of that because the amount of people when I ask them, well, how, do, how have Google ads been working for you? They're like, well, I don't really know. I'm like, that's a problem. Uh, <laughs> like It's like treating someone for 10 weeks and you're like, I mean, maybe they're getting better. It's like, what do you mean? Maybe they're, are you not doing any type of test retest? You have no outcome measure. Like, do we, are they saying they're like, you're just blindly spending money. And so I think sometimes it's people just don't know what they don't know. I think, unfortunately, there are a lot of companies that just kind of like pull the wool over the eyes of a lot of people because like they can't really get the results either. And so it is tough for owners because like, for anybody to expect you to know how to do all the coding and do all the tracking and all that, like it's, it's unrealistic. It's confusing. That's why we literally like one of our employees worked at Google. Like I, we didn't have the level of tracking that we had until we had him. And so it is a tough thing to do, but it's like, it's definitely a necessity because I know you said that like ads can be set it and forget it. I'll tell you the amount of accounts that I've been in that where someone said that, Hey, I had someone manage it and they set it and forget it. Like, I had someone that was showing up for Greenville, South Carolina shoe cobblers. Oh boy. And I'm like, we are wasting a lot of money. Um, <laughs> so you, you, know, definitely, you, definitely, you definitely have to go in there and, yeah. and tweak it. And it, I 100% agree. Outsource yeah. it. Outsource it. Use someone else. Pay someone. Pay Joey and Robbie, whoever. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is not a paid placement. Joey's my buddy. Um, but, but like, pay someone to do it. The way that we want our patients to show up and pay us instead of going on YouTube or Instagram and just kind of, you know, doing their own back rehab or, or whatever, like let's all, we're always on the same page there. I think most people yeah. listening or watching can agree. Like we all should use specialists. Like if you guys are, you know, if a practice has billing issues, like outsource your billing and be like, use a billing specialist. That's all they do. If you're having billing issues or your billing person is moving or, or whatever. So yeah. use a specialist, especially for things that like Google ads, or Facebook ads where there's like the ads manager and it is not, it, it can look overwhelming. I mean, I've been in our, our Google ads manager for years and I was just changing locations and I was just, you know, messing with it recently, <laughs> but it, that, that took a while. The first probably yeah. year or two, like 
going into Google Ads Manager, it looked like, you know, Mandarin. It looks like something like I wasn't trained for, didn't know anything. I felt like I couldn't touch anything because I didn't want to mess anything up. And if yeah. you feel that way, you certainly should uh, outsource, <laughs> get some help. Yeah. And Google Ads is more forgiving, of course, because like it, it, it can't fatigue. Like Facebook ads, your actual stuff can fatigue because people have seen it so many times, they just start to ignore it. So Facebook is definitely more so like you live inside there. Like we literally touch every ad account twice a day. Google Ads, you don't have to hit it near as much. But if you don't do it, you can also be just blowing through money too. So they both take some and they have different aspects of that. But yeah, it's definitely one that you could lose your butt on if you don't do it right. Yeah. Swinging back to backlinks. I have a question. Like I was going to ask this to Tony Maritata recently. I haven't had a chance. So I'll ask you. I think having like a partner's page or like a page where it's like, here's the folks that we refer to that we're partnered with. Maybe you list physicians, maybe you list other physical therapy clinics that are further away, or it's like, I don't know, wellness studios, personal trainers, whatever it might be. Good idea, bad idea? Yes and no. So from a backlink standpoint, it's it's definitely not a bad idea to get someone because the way they look at backlinks is essentially how I mean, really, there's a lot of factors that look at backlinks. And I, I can't tell you like, I know for sure Google's algorithm or anything like that. Anybody who tells you they know is, is probably pulling wool over your eyes. But from that aspect, if they show that this is a local presence, this is someone who's an authority and things that are similar to you, and they're backlinking to you. So when we say backlink, that's like, Someone saying like, hey, we actually trust this person enough to put a link on our site that then points to Dave's website. And so there's a good thing about that because it shows trust. It shows that people are actually willing to do that. So if you can do that, by all means. The thing to consider about that, though, is who you're actually partnering with. Because I think a lot of people don't think about how someone else's brand can affect yours. And so brand is like, it's a very amorphous term and stuff like that. But like, if someone does something bad that you're partnered with, then like that could be very bad reflecting on you. The other thing to think about is the invisible hand of like, let's say for our guys that work with like more active gym goers and stuff like that, there's four CrossFit gyms. If they get one CrossFit gym to be the one that's their partner, well, when the other three come see that they're partnered with them, they are now probably not going to refer to that person. And so you could potentially be biting the hand that feeds you to try to get a backlink when in reality, you could just get more referrals. And so I have seen a lot of people do that. And there's definitely some ways you can do it to where like, they won't see it. And and really, is someone always going to go look at your website, check out your partners and stuff like that? Maybe, maybe not. But I have seen that to where like someone does that or someone's like some of our smaller guys, they're inside like a subleasing space inside of a CrossFit gym. And then they wonder why none of the other CrossFit gyms want to refer to them. And so as soon as they move out of their own location, now everybody starts referring. And so I think sometimes when you get into those aspects, you could be trying to get more from your website, but giving away more from the referrals. And referrals are already going to be like better refers anyways than Google. So I don't really love that aspect of that of it. And so there's other ways to get backlinks that you don't necessarily have to worry about doing that. Um, but one way you could do it is if you wanted to do an interview series with people around you, and then it's a very logical backlink. So you're not saying like we're partnered, we're just interviewing the best of in our area and you have multiple people there. And so then you could still get the backlink in a similar way because you could embed the actual interview on your website and then it makes sense for them to want to link back to it. The other thing that I think a lot of people don't think about just for like a getting ranking and some of those things is like, a lot of your nurturing sequences, like we've got like a full three-year discharge sequence for someone whenever they're they're done. A lot of your stuff should be pushing people back to your website. Because that again is showing Google people are actively going to your site. And so a lot of people don't do that. And so we're not getting all of the benefit of having these big lists. And so I think some people will get too fixated on backlinks and then there will be an algorithm change and then all of a sudden backlinks aren't as important. Then people will go heavy on AI and then all of a sudden there's an algorithm change. And so SEO is very tough to stay up to date with. And there's times where it's like, it's really good. And then boom, like we literally just had one that hit this week um, that, that did some changes based on AI and like they ended up prioritizing directories over like local businesses. I think everything will bounce back pretty quickly across everything. But all local service-based businesses got hit with this one. And so the good thing is 
all of them got hit. So everybody's kind of kind of got hit. Um, but those are the things that you kind of have to look at. But from a brand standpoint, from a potential less referral standpoint, I wouldn't necessarily do it. But that's that's just me. <laughs> got it. Uh, I know we're running a little bit late on time here, and we've talked more about marketing than sales. So do you want to do maybe five to ten minutes on sales, or come back another time? And we talk about sales and we just keep going with marketing now. What do you think? We can just hit marketing. We can always do another sales one. Okay. So with the with the backlink page, do you suggest to practice owners if they were going to do that partners page, do you always suggest that, like I say to these nearby businesses, there's a BA Academy, there's these boutique gyms, there's different places here in Brooklyn or in the city. Do you suggest that you don't put them on a partner's page unless that other website is going to list you? So it's kind of like, hey, I got an idea. This can help both of us. You know, rising tide lifts all boats. And, you know, the the gyms, the wellness studios, the personal trainers or the CrossFit gyms, whatever nearby, you only put them on your partner's page kind of at the same time. Like, you know, hey, let's schedule this and you put my website on yours. I'll help you do it. If, you know, I don't know if you help your clients with that and like we can organize it or have like a, an approach where, you basically link to my website and then my website links to yours. I think that's like probably the best way to do it. Any tips on an approach there that like it's a win-win for both sides as opposed to I make a partner's page and I have 10 links, but then the other businesses don't link to my website. So then they they benefit, but then I don't. Yeah. I mean, realistically, man, that's why I like the interview side of it. Because then like there has to be a need for them to link to you because to see the interview, it makes sense that they have it. So then it pushes to you. So that's why I like it. If I had to go down that route of like, how do we make it mutually beneficial? You are probably going to have to do it for them. And I really don't think that there's a cleaner way to do it. Most people are not going to put it on your homepage. And so that's something to think about too. So like, where the links go also makes a difference on like the ranking side of things. So like, if we're getting links going straight to the homepage, that'll actually help you out more than just like an ancillary page for like partners. And so on those, there's honestly, I don't think there's a clean way to do it unless you have a really good relationship for them to actually want to do it because most people just don't, they don't care enough if I'm being honest. Um, So I wish I had a better answer, but I think most people just realistically won't actually do it unless there is a reason. And the reason that is probably one of the biggest drivers in human psychology is status. And so interviewing someone is status. And so that's why it's always been so powerful. You can have physicians on there that you can normally like literally surgeons you'd never think you could get on. We've had people do interviews with. And then the other thing that you throw it on YouTube. So then someone searches Dr. So-and-so. Well, now you already have that trust factor when you've interviewed that person. And so these are all like long-term plays, but like the things that people also haven't thought about that you could do, because when I talk to these these bigger companies, they're like, we try to get into the doctor's offices. The only thing they want us to do is buy lunches. We know it's worthless. Like we, we know that that's dead. Like it, it really just doesn't work. What you could do is you could do this interview series, put it on your website, put it on your YouTube, but then literally do a Facebook ad with that interview, drop it on a one mile radius on top of that physician's office. And it's playing all the time. So then every single patient that comes in that's scrolling on Facebook and Instagram, they're like, I just saw an interview with you. Oh, and then they would love to hear that. It's further, it's, further. It's, yeah, literally the daily. They're reminded of the status of, hey, I just saw an interview with you. And every time that happens, they're like, huh, Dave did that interview for me. And they're actually promoting it too. I can't get inside of a, a physician's office daily, much less maybe even monthly. But if we can have patients who already like him and trust him, telling them that they saw it and they liked it, they enjoyed it, or even just anything of awareness of him and it spotlight him as the authority, that will build more name recognition with you than anything else can. And it doesn't have to be a super high budget because we're just trying to hit people that are in his office. So it's not like it's a monstrous audience or anything like that. And so it's a very easy way to start building stuff with gyms, with dentists, with physicians, all of those things. Because again, status is what most people want. Like typically your males, their status is around being a good dad and being a provider and their business. Those are the three that that men typically have. Females, it's being an actual good mother. Some are very like work status oriented around there. But typically theirs is around being compassionate being someone that's actually prepared and being someone that's a good mom. And so if we can start to appeal to statuses on those, I know we're getting into sales kind of stuff there. 
But like, if we can start to appeal to those things and change the identity that they feel and confirm that they're actually doing a good job with those things, people will pay you way more money forever by helping them elevate the status that they're at. Because people don't buy these like big name brand. I don't, I don't even own half of that. Like, I, I don't need a Rolex. People don't buy a Rolex because it does anything really that much better. It's the status of buying the Rolex. And so if we can start to do that with our marketing and our relationships and, and with our employees too, I think a lot of times we don't think about this with employees, but we have to market and sell to our employees just as much as we have to, to refer relationships to customers and everything like that. And so status can sometimes just be giving someone some kudos and telling them they did a good job in front of everybody. It's different titles, like the junior PT, senior PT, like you've got all these things that you can start to elevate status of. And like when someone exemplifies one of your core values, you need to actually let people know like, hey, so-and-so did this. This is a perfect example of core values. Like they're freaking awesome. And so it all starts to cycle in here because I think people only really look at like, how do I do Facebook ads and get more patients? But like it flows into everything. And that's honestly why I think why Robbie and I have done such a good job with this because like I never thought about those business side of things before. Because I before was like, how do I get more new leads? And he's like, but this. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess we do have to factor that in. Like, there's actual humans on the other side. Um, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned the uh, thing with giving kudos to the staff members. I was at a, a clinic last year, a practice owner that we were looking at either you know partnering or, or acquiring. The deal fell through, but this practice owner allowed me to come in during working hours, and and like there were patients there and therapists and all that. That's usually not the case. It's usually like after hours, <laughs> come see come see the office when no one's there because they don't want to like spook their yeah. their staff members. So whatever. While I was there, the owner said to a staff therapist, "Oh, so and so left you a Google review, and he read it out loud, and her face lit up." So yeah. everything that you're saying about the kudos of staff—that's like you said—it's almost like it's not internal marketing, but it's like. It's yeah. helping with like maintaining retention of staff, like giving them credit. And that is like, then it reinforces like that they're helping people and then they're going to continue to look forward to coming to to work with you. And then therefore it leads into everything else, the patient experience and good outcomes and all that. Yeah. I, I think the big thing that people kind of miss on some of this, like doing what he did is awesome, but like literally the easiest solution to anybody that doesn't have buy-in, that doesn't have good sales, that doesn't have any of these things, they're behind on notes, they're behind on any of that. It's because they don't believe in your why enough or they don't believe in themselves enough. And the easiest way to breed that into all of your employees is you need to read your five-star reviews in the morning every single day out loud to people. Because if you can start to do that, whenever you're in the middle of actually like on a, you're on the phone with a freaking insurance company for 30 minutes and then they disconnect and hang up on you and everything like that, or someone's from Facebook and they, they don't want to do something, they yell at you, you've got someone who comes in and you just don't want to do that note again. Like you've got all these negative things. Cause like, we don't want to say like, we're not in a rah, rah physical therapy is always this like 10 out of 10. Like we know it's, it's life. We have to have a big enough vision to where people want to do that. And we need to be reminded of what the actual impact is because there's going to be those low days. There's going to be those things. And we have to continue to sell people on the vision. So that way they're willing to overcome those things. So they're always going to come. It's just got to be big enough to where they can step over it and they'll be good. And if an owner is doing that, that means if they're reading out the five-star Google reviews, let's say daily or weekly or whatever, they continuously need more new Google reviews because mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to be reading the same ones. Or there's, no, there's, no, there's no new ones to read, which then goes back into more new patients mm -hmm. finding your clinic and coming into your world and your ecosystem which then comes back to the whole topic of today, which is marketing and getting more attention and awareness in your community so that you can help people naturally, you know, overcome their issues, orthopedic issues, neuro, you know, gait balance, whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if people are inherently just like super competitive, so if we're reading them out and every single five-star review is about Susie, but Johnny is never getting any of these, he's eventually going to be like, crap, I need to get my button gear and start getting these five-star reviews. or he's going to maybe not have a job later. And so it will naturally bring up the B players. The A players will bring up the B players because they feel like they have to do it. And then if we can start to have competitions of Google reviews too, to where it's like, because I like having individual winners, but I like having a team goal too. 
Because otherwise, like if Susie crushes it every freaking time, Johnny just knows he's not going to win. So he doesn't care. So you have the individual one, but then you have the team goal too. So then Susie will drag Johnny up because she's like, we got to get this. Like, I want to have this. And so I think that that's the other thing to think about too, is like, don't just separate people by each other. Otherwise you could pit people against each other. Like we have to have team goals. Awesome. Uh, good place to wrap up and pause for now. Joey, what's a good place, whether it's your website, LinkedIn, email. Uh, I know you're on Facebook a ton. You should actually, you should absolutely connect with Joey on Facebook because he posts very provocative posts. Uh, <laughs> at least, at least maybe not recently, but like in the last 12 months, very provocative, polarizing, gets a lot of comments. And every time I see it, I'm like, Joe, you are such a genius. So connect with Joey on Facebook. Uh, where else, Joey, can they connect with you? Uh, pretty much, yeah. So we've got pretty much on every platform now at this point. There's Rehab CEO's account. There's a Dr. Joey Albritton. There's a Dr. Robbie Wolker. So pretty much any of those. But when in doubt, you can just go to rehabceos.com slash media. And that will be all of our socials across the board. So that's the easiest way. Awesome. If you guys find this helpful, subscribe to the video. It'll show on YouTube. And I think you guys are launching or have recently launched YouTube as well, right? We did just launch YouTube. Pretty soon we're on TikTok, we're on LinkedIn, we're on we're on everything. So we're going to be doing probably 470 pieces of content a week um, within the next three weeks. So yeah, we're we're ramping up. So whether whether you like it or not, you're going to be seeing my bald head everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Joey, we'll have you back sometime soon. Thanks for your time. This is great. All right. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.